Welcome to The Grange Point, where we hang out and talk about the latest news in science technology and how they relate to your everyday life. This podcast is brought to you by the Young Scientists of Australia. We're a youth organisation aged 15 to 25 whose work is to promote science to the youth of Australia. Tropical rainforests and jungles provide a window into the future, particularly for climate scientists. We look at two interesting studies, one looking at biodiversity and the ways our warming climates and tropical jungles can adapt and recover when faced with increasing temperatures, plus keeping the delicate balance between deforestation and making room for arable land as the world's population grows. Now crops have been grown and supported humankind for millennia, and that's been essential for our survival. We don't have food, we won't survive. But as our climate changes, our world warms and heats up, what happens to our crops is essentially and inexorably tied to our own very survival. Now, if our planet is constantly heating up, and last year, 2016, was the warmest year in modern temperature record, we need to make sure that our crops can make that journey too with us. And whilst we will take steps to fix climate change with things like the Paris Accord, We need to make sure that our crops will survive to be there with us. It's no good having all the agreements to help reduce carbon emissions if now our crops aren't able to survive in that world. Now, one of the problems with things like climate change is it reduces biodiversity. Because as the world warms up and as species die off and don't adjust quickly enough to these changes, species of bugs, animals, plants will die off and that reduces the overall biodiversity level. That's from the plant level all the way down to microorganisms, which pretty much defines all the ecosystems around us. And sometimes the impact of these small changes can be hard to see. But by removing a predator with a key spot in the food chain, or maybe removing a food source in the food chain, the entire food web changes. And that impacts our ecosystem and the survival of our crops and plants around us. And pretty much one of the big questions left for everyone to consider is, well, what does a warming planet actually mean for biodiversity, the amount of species in our ecosystems? Will it mean more species as it opens up new areas for exploitation of by a species finding a particular niche they can thrive in? Or will it mean less? Or will it not change anything at all? And when it comes to food, a team of ecologists from the German Centre for Integrative Biodiversity Research, IDIV, based out of the Leipzig University and the University of Minnesota working collaboratively together, have found that climate change can both increase and decrease biodiversity in different regions. And that the effect and direction of that change in biodiversity depends on how much biodiversity is already present in that region in the first place. And the way they studied this and analysed this was by taking a long-term field experiment in Cedar Creek, Minnesota, where they have 30 different meadow plots. And these meadow plots are very, very interesting. Some of these meadows have only one species present in it, one plant species, and they're called monocultures. Some of the other regions have, or plots, have up to 16 different plant species present in them. And then these meadows have been left and studied over long periods of time. They're basically a really fascinating way to study the impact on singular and groups of species. Now, they took these meadows and they warmed up the surrounding area to them using heat lamps. They took them to about three degrees above the ambient temperature, 
which is, I guess, some cautious estimations about how much the planet will change and warm over time. So then, leaving these run and leaving these different plots to grow, to change and adapt, has been part of this long-running study. Then the researchers were not just studying the impact and the health of the plants in these plots, but they were also looking at the ecosystem around them, even things such as the nematodes, the worms in these plots. And they picked the nematodes, the worms, because they live in the soil and with high abundance, and they basically help different species to exist, either as a food source or from their waste to producing fertilizer, which helps the plants grow. And so they're a nice little barometer of the health of an ecosystem. Lots of nematodes means they're producing a lot of waste, which helps keep the soil fertile, which is crucial for plant production. Not enough there, then that can lead to other problems. So when the researchers warmed the monoculture plots, basically the number of nematode species rapidly dived off. There wasn't many of those nematodes left, and what there was left weren't very diverse in their number of species. But when they warmed the plots with that had a lot of different number of plants in them, so these very, very diverse plots, the number of nematode species actually increased. In these highly diverse areas, well, when they heated them, they got even more diverse. They gained even more, even more different species in them. And that's quite fascinating as a result. The summary of the results and findings, Dr. Madhav Thakur, the lead author of the study and the researcher at Leipzig University, basically says the simple message is that if you, you need more biodiversity to conserve biodiversity in a warmer world, that is, if you have more variety in your species that are present in an area, you will do better when faced with dramatic changes in climate and environment. But that's not the only thing these researchers looked at. One of the things that we may have to do is rescue crops um, in a warmer world. We may need to type, grow and try and transplant and keep alive some new crops and look after them in a warmer environment. So the problem that they found is that when you have these uh, highly diverse, lush, varied species plots, Whilst there were more species and more diversity present in these plots, they were all very, very closely related. They all had some common characteristics. And pretty much that one of the major common characteristics was a tolerance to warmer environments. And look, that's good, but it means that they're also now at risk to other threats. So the more similar they are, the more they might be impacted by either different types of biological strains or any other types of responses. So it's not necessarily a be-all and end-all insurance policy. So if we want to keep our crops working to feed our planet into the future, a simple message of this study, done in collaboration between the University of Leipzig and the University of Minnesota, goes to show that diversity in crops and ecosystems will help keep things alive through difficult times. But we still need to make sure we can try and keep on track our efforts to reduce the impact of climate change. Deforestation is a critical topic, not only for environmental reasons, 
across the world. But in a lot of developing countries, particularly in Southeast Asia and Central America, deforestation, converting of lush forests into farmland, is a concern for both political and economic reasons as well as the environmental. And not just environmental in terms of its contribution to global warming, but also in the local environmental, with large smogs from the deforestation efforts plaguing countries like Indonesia, Singapore and Malaysia in recent times. So over a long-term period of time, for 12 years from 2000 to 2012, a team of researchers from the National University of Singapore, NUS, led by Assistant Professor Roman Carrasco from the Department of Biological Sciences, have been studying the activities in more than 50 countries of forestation and deforestation and analysing which ones have been beneficial and which ones haven't been. Try and see where turning forests into agriculture has paid off and where it hasn't as kind of an analysis on the cost-benefit of the whole deforestation of the region. The team of researchers in this study conducted an analysis of this deforestation and crop distribution data and then looked at the trade-offs between the agricultural benefits, the carbon emission benefits, and the loss of multiple ecosystems and the benefits those ecosystems provide to the areas around them. Ecosystem services, that well, basically is a fancy way of putting the things such as carbon sequestration, flood protection, and water purifications. These are all some of the often forgotten benefits of forests to a community around them. And the big finding of this was showed that whilst there is about 32 million, billion to 53 billion US dollars of benefit from agriculture from this deforestation, the actual losses, the economic impact of the losses, once you factor in uh, carbon emissions, difference between agricultural benefits and flow-on benefits like we talked about with carbon sequestration, flood protection and water purification, those losses amount to around 100 to 135 billion US dollars a year, which shows a really big difference. That's not like a small difference. That's a third difference between the benefit to the loss ratio. So on the whole, what they found is that this tropical deforestation generates significant economic losses. Ignoring all other environmental reasons for not doing this, just purely on the economics alone, it wasn't making sense on a macro level. The problem is you can't really stop this deforestation on a whole worldwide setting because people need arable land in order to feed their local communities and also their countries. So that trade-off between which land should become farmed, agricultural-based land, and which land should be remain forest is a tricky one. It's got to balance the human needs as against the economic and environmental ones. So the researchers tried to identify where there was the least economic impact and environmental impact and put that all together. And they identified some regions, particularly the Atlantic forest, areas around the Gulf of Guinea, and some areas in Thailand where deforestation and conversion from forested area to agriculture actually has a reasonable and positive impact, both on a financial and environmental setting. Means that economically, it's, it would be very difficult to stop deforestation in those areas because it just makes more sense for farmers to convert their lands from forests to farms because they're more productive in that setting. In other regions, such as Latin America, the island regions in Southeast Asia and Madagascar are 
where economically it doesn't actually make sense to convert the forest into farming land, simply because the actual benefits economically from the farming lands is just so low. And so in those regions, it actually would be very, very successful to subsidize forestry and avoid deforestation by giving an economic incentive to would-be farmers to prepare and look after the lands rather than turn them into farmlands. So this can be used on a large setting to guide our policymakers and governments to ensure that what land should be protected and the strategies we use to protect that land from deforestation. It's a great research being done out of the National University of Singapore. This has been the Young Scientists of Australia's podcast, The Green Point. Striking a delicate balance between deforestation and making enough land in order to feed the planet. Plus, we find out how biodiversity and warming climates are linked and what that can tell us about our future. Our ending theme was composed by Audio Head to ysa.org.au for more information about the Young Scientists of Australia.